If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. All right. How are you getting on? You well? You well? Guess what? I'm a cat now, guys. News flash. I'm a cat now. I'm a cat, guys. Um, on the on the day, on the day the government say that we are no longer forced to wear masks, I choose to take one up. That of a cat. I am a cat now. So guess what? Hey, Mihal, Mihal Martin, or should I say, Mihal, Meowhal, Meow, Martin? Because that's how I talk as a cat now. Bet, bet you weren't planning this turn of events. Yeah, take off the mask. Well, guess what? I'm a cat now. I wear a cat mask everywhere. I go, Meow. Leo Vradker, guess what? Um, I'm going to start calling you Leo Vrar Cat. <laughs> what am I talking about? How are you? You good? No, I'm not wearing the mask anymore. I'm not wearing that freedom muzzle. <laughs> or whatever uh, people call it. I loved wearing a mask. I, I'm not going to lie. Went down to the shop there uh, without my mask. And I was like, this is going to be crazy. But look, I guess this is the way forward. Everyone's still wearing a mask. And I was like, ah, yeah, I might pop mine back on. I might pop mine back on. Um, I tell you, though, it did come in handy. <laughs> it did come in handy. If I talked about this already, if I have, bear with me. Because uh, I don't know what's my life anymore and what's uh, the life I share with you. <laughs> I don't think there's anything really left. But uh, I got the Lu- I had a run in on the Lewis, right? And it was a big mistake, right? I fucked it, right? It was my fault, right? Um, it was a silly mistake, but I'll, and I'll tell you about what happened, right? Um, I got on. Well, actually, you know, let me paint you a wider picture here. I, I, I have had a, I've had run-ins, a run-in with the Lewis before, right? Um. I had, um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, they do not deserve it. They do not deserve it, right? It's, they just can't pay for those little, bo- you know, those bollards that you have in other European cities where you put a ticket in and, you know, little turnstiles. They can't afford them. So they have to hope that you actually pay to get on the Lewis, right? And we as Irish people, or just me, <laughs> have this idea that if I can get away with it, I will, and I don't know who am I cursing. Who am I cursing? You, the taxpayer? Look, it hasn't happened that often. Let me just explain what happened. I'll, I'll explain what happened in college first, right? I was in college, and I had to give this presentation for work. Uh, it was like a, it was kind of like a work presentation. I did uh, arts management in IADT, and I think there was some presentation we had to do where we had to pretend like we were pitching to the Arts Council for funding or something like that. And so we had to come in wearing a suit, right? But there was a big, uh, you know, uh, new rave disco, and I was a new raver. You know, eh, oh, oh, eh, oh, oh, oh. that's a bit of a mixture of the Claxons and Future Heads for you there, because I don't remember what a new rave song sounds like. Um, look, I was a new raver, right? I was mad into Hadouken, right? That boy is an indie Cindy. Uh, skinny fit jeans all dressed in pink by Hadouken. Remember that? Blowing your mind. Test icicles, man. I was, oh, I was a cool party animal. Anyway, there was a big, there was a big uh, new, new rave night. Did I say new metal? It was a big new rave night. So I went out. Uh, I had my uh, glow-in-the-dark hat because <laughs> I was a legend, right? And I also had my suit because I was going to be going straight into college the next day. And I stayed with my mate Jess's gaff. And so what I did was uh, I was out all night, right? I had the suit in the back. It was kicked to shit. There was probably a load of Chewborg in there with it, just banging around and mashing it, you know? And um, I did actually get, you know, get up in time right for the thing and i was heading in uh, i was actually getting the lewis into town i was going to get a bus from there and i stayed with my mate jess's gaff she was there with me and i was wearing this suit and I had a briefcase right and i didn't have any money to really get 
on the Lewis. I just had just about enough. Um, and so I uh, I paid for a child's ticket, right? Which is for the age of... Um, <laughs> which is for the age of like 14 or something and under. And I got on the Lewis. And, I, you know, I did have my eyes out for the old high-vis boys. But I, I, I don't know, I was still hungover. I couldn't quite focus. And I'm looking down at the ground. And one lad says, like, hi, can I see your ticket? And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no, I was so hungover. And I'm wearing this suit. And I have a child's ticket, right? And I look dishe- a disheveled man. Not a young man. An old man. And I was like, yes, certainly. And I gave him the ticket. And um, and he says, this is a child's ticket, mate. And I was like, yes, that seems, that's about right. I'm a child. And he goes, what? What, what, what age are you? And I said, well, I'm uh, <clears throat> 13, 13 years of age. And he goes, you're 13? And he looked concerned. <laughs> he looked concerned about me. And I was like, yes. And I kind of, you know, I gave it with that kind of energy of being like, you know, please don't bring it up again. I've been through enough looking like this at 13. Are you joking me? Me kissing a girl. I'd be locked up. Kissing a girl my age. I'd be locked up. You know? Like the big show was, famously. Big show was knocked uh, the wrestler, the big show. When he was 17, he was kissing a girl. And he got, he got locked up for being a nonce. Um, uh, and there's, there isn't actually more to that story Sometimes you hear those stories Well you must know he's a 17 year old Kissing under 17 year old Anyway listen right um, So he went over to his He seemed to be a bit junior Went over to one of the supervisor high vises And he goes I could hear him oh, he's, oh, The guy says he's 13 And uh, the guy looked over at me With with a bit of pity And he goes, and he just shook his head at the guy He was like no don't leave it You know so um, I was let away that time. But this time, and I mean this as in, I'm 34 years of age. This was about a month, a month and a half ago. I got on the Lewis, and pardon me if I've already told this story, but I got on the Lewis, so I was going one stop, right? I had my laptop. I had. I was going to go out and go to a cafe and write for a little bit. And I rushed, and I was in a hurry, and I got to the Lewis, and I was just going one stop, and I was tapping my leap card just as the Lewis was coming in. And... Um, and it said, no, zero funds. It said, you've zero funds on that. And I was like, ah, oh, and I was about to put, and I put it in the thing to say that it was zero funds, and Lewis was just pulling it in. And I was like, ah, impulse decision, just took it out of the thing, didn't top it up and went on. I thought, you know what, if I see the high-vis boys, right, it's not like they're going to get on. They haven't got on here, right? If they get on the next stop, that's just as I'll be getting off. So it shouldn't be an issue, right? Um, and I don't normally do this. I know it seems like I already have this all planned out, like I'm a, like I'm a massive heistman, you know? Like I'm Mission Impossible, right? But I'm not. I don't do this, that. I don't do it at all. I did it this one time, one time ever, right? I went one stop. Anyway, I went up my one stop and I saw the high-vis boys and I was like, oh, thank fuck for that. I would have been nabbed as a grown man. Wearing my mask, by the way. This is the great thing. This is where I bring it full circle now, that you can wear a mask, right? And don't we all wear masks? Me, you can't. No, so I was wearing a mask and I got on the Lewis uh, and I see the high-vis boys and I get off, right? And as I'm getting off... One of the guys says, um, "Do you remember the escalation from Home Alone? You remember when, like Home, you know, remember when Home Alone, uh, Kevin McAllister is in the the pharmacy, and Old Man Marley shows up, and and Kevin hasn't paid for his um his toothbrush, and he's walking around, and he's like, and he's like, sir, you have to pay for your toothbrush, hun, you got to pay for that, and then it gets to you know, Jimmy, stop that boy, you know, it it kind of it was it was kind of ramping up in the same way. It was kind of like I got off, and someone was like." Oh, you just got off there, sir. Can I just see your ticket? And I was like, no, no, I'm just, no, I'm just in a hurry. 
And then there was another guy on on the platform. He's like, sorry, just so you asked to see your ticket. Can I see your ticket as well? Can I see your leap card or your ticket? And I was like, and look, no, I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry here, mate. Uh, sorry, right? And then someone, and then I walked past and it was like five lads I had to get by. It was like different fucking circles of hell. I, had, I was so embarrassed. I was bright red with this mask, right? And I was walking past and I was like, oh, sorry, no, I can't, I can't stop right now. And then someone, this guy just put his arms wide and he goes, stop. You're not going anywhere until you show me that ticket. And I said, you can't, I said, you can't touch me. Uh, but not in a kind of defiant way, in a really kind of, you can't touch me. <laughs> like, here, I don't think you can, I don't, here, is that okay if you don't, like, touch me? If you don't beat me up, you can't touch me. And I walked under his arm, and he, because he can't touch me. And I walked away, and they were like, hey, hey. And someone else was shouting across the platform, like, stop him, stop him. And I was just walking, and then this guy, like, followed me, this guy followed me up the road. Away from the Lewis stop, right? And he just kept shouting, "Hey, hey!" And he kept shouting, he kept shouting, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this?" And I'm like, "That is a fucking brilliant question, sir. I don't know why I'm doing this. I had the change in my pocket. I had oh, do, oh just uh, sometimes you need these things, right? Sometimes you need these things, right? You get sent a free pair of budgie smugglers from Hunky Dories. You think you're you think you're God's gift." to Instagram <laughs> and you do something so stupid as to try and get away well imagine that oh god it was very embarrassing but you know so now now you know now I do that with the mask of a cat now I get on a Lewis as a cat and I go <laughs> no I felt very I felt very awkward you know and I felt how I felt the frustration in the security of the Lewis this guy this hulk of a man He's thinking, he's looking at his hands being, these fists with these fists. I could put his fucking teeth into the ground, right? With these very hands, yet I am not allowed by Irish law. How ironic. The one thing I was hired for, I cannot use. <laughs> and I'm not laughing directly at that. It's an awful thing. It's an embarrassing scam that I did. That one time I never have done before or since or ever again. Only those two times ever. Um... But uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty embarrassing. Why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Oh God! Um, so I, that's enough of that. I'm not going to be doing that, not gonna be doing that anymore. Um, but look, enough about my ongoing scams, or sorry, one-off scams against the Irish state. Uh, let me tell you about the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Look, these are these are a cool bunch. Want to talk about cool beans? These are cool bloody grains turned into a lovely whiskey. These are a cool bunch of people. Uh, the Dubliner. Look, not only do they make a sweet-ass whiskey, a tasty-ass whiskey, a saw, a tall, right? They're also my good personal close friends, and they're phenomenal patrons of the arts here in, in, in Ireland. I mean, obviously, they've supported the Young Hawk guys, me, Shane, Daniel Byrne, Killian Sunderman, but also they've helped Killian and Michael Fry uh, host their very first-ever gig. It's happening in the Dubliner Distillery. Uh, on I think it's April something. It doesn't matter. Tickets are sold out anyway. Can't go. Uh, it's too it's too too legit to quit. Um, but they're like, hey, just have it here. Fucking why not? They just love they just love Irish comedy, right? And they're good pals. And I tell you to make a sweet ass whiskey. I gave a bottle of the Dubliner Old Fashioned to my cousin in law Neil, uh, kind of kind of a pseudo housewarmer. Hadn't been to his new house. I gave it to him. He was delighted with himself. And he said, oh, is that the, is that the sponsor? And I was like, yeah, but I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, but I actually paid for it. I didn't. But I would have 
it was just lucky that I didn't have to, that I was sent it for free. But it's my favourite spirit, after Bloody Casper. I tell you, um, uh, I don't know who I love more. Banquo, fucking ghost from Macbeth, spirit from Macbeth, or um, or the Dubliner Old Fashioned, <laughs> the spirit from the Dubliner, uh, Dubliner Liber- Liberty Distilleries. I'm after hitting the mic there. Uh, I'm not making that analogy again. Um, no, I, they're, they're good friends of mine. Is this any good? This is the worst read I've ever done <laughs> for the Dubliner. This is the worst one I've ever done. But um, there's nothing new to say. They have a new flavour coming out and I can't talk about it yet. Um, but uh, listen, watch this space. But I tell you, if you want to get a bottle, uh, buy one. You know, Not get one uh, gifted from me for your housewarming. Uh, go to the DLD.com and check it out. And I highly recommend, if you're into your cocktails, the Dubliner Old Fashioned, it isn't some kind of kitschy thing. It's it's really good. It's uh, it's probably my, my favourite. Their collaboration with Rascals Brewing Company. Anyway, that's the DLD.com. That's the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. And a huge thank you for sponsoring this pod. Anyway, that's a long enough <laughs> meounder. Uh, that's a meander, but I'm a cat now, uh, to tell you that this episode of the Tony Cantwell Shit Show was actually uh, a bonus episode over on the Patreon. If you are not familiar um, with my Patreon feed, over on patreon.com slash Tony Cantwell, uh, every single Friday I put up a, a brand new episode that you likely have not listened to yet. Uh, and they cover everything. There are movie reviews, there are um, lists, There, are, I do a lot of Agony Ant stuff over there. Uh, most recently, I went through a series of the uh, the best wedding traditions. Uh, associate producer of the pod, Ben Clifford, helped me out with that, some pagan wedding traditions. So it's kind of what you get here, but a little bit madder over there. And this is one of those episodes from a couple of weeks ago. I like to kind of release these onto the main feed just to let you know that they're there, uh, to give myself a break in between shows, and also just to entice you a little bit that if you wanted to pray, pray, pray. If you enjoy this podcast and you enjoy getting it for free, and you think that it has been maybe across your lifetime worth the price of a pint a month, and you'd be willing to give me that, uh, you can do so uh, over on the Patreon where you can uh, subscribe. And not only do you get an extra podcast every single week, you get the whole back catalogue. That's almost, or it is, over 100 episodes that you haven't listened to yet, as well as um, early bird tickets for all the gigs going forward. Um, So... The early birds have already been divvied out, unfortunately, because this tour is on uh, is, is already happening. But uh, for the live podcast, as and when they happen, uh, we did a live podcast that only went out to Patreon, uh, patron, Patreon subscribers that had Kevin McGarren and uh, Peter McGann, uh, where we were talking about uh, underage drinking. And we did that a couple of weeks ago, and that was just sold exclusively to the Patreon. I don't normally do it that way, but I forgot to only limit a certain amount to the Patreon subscribers, and that's how it worked out. But um, those kind of things will be happening on the reg, so you get early bird tickets for that. Um, but anyway, listen, enough plugging. Here is an episode from a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much. All right. All rise. Speaking of January blue, am I right? All rise. One but a money in the free ride is two for the lot of Denied all rise. All right, I rest my case. Speaking of blue, am I right? We're all we're all blue. Oh, I tell you, yeah, you, I'm as blue as the bloody hue on my bollocks after not fapping for the month of Jan. <laughs> my bollocks are so blue, man. I believe everyone can relate, man, because I can't get any pussy after eight p- <laughs> eight p.m., man. Then I go to my friend's house to sorrow, uh, to you know drink my sorrows with a slab of canes, and I have to pay forty euros, man, for Guinness, man. It's so sad. <laughs> I'm so sad. I got the blues big time, man, big time. Went into Jed there. Uh, oh my 
God, I can't believe. As if I couldn't get any bluer, man. People aren't get people aren't getting no Mickey because uh, I can't pull the 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 pull the the plum off some some young fella in coppers after eight p.m. And then you just and then you're like, all right, I just want to have some cans, and you're like. <laughs> Well, joke's on you, Michal, because I was actually planning on taking it easy this month, so you're not getting any of my cash. You are not taking my cash, so the joke's on you. You know, for, yeah. Plus, you know, I only I drink champagne, and that's the same price. So joke's on you, because I only drink champagne. Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? Isn't it? <laughs> isn't it kind of like, where's all these conspiracy theorists who are walking out, walking out the fucking streets, marching to not just get one injection? Believing that there's fucking microchips in a in a in a fucking thing just to, where are you? Why aren't you outside the doll? Why aren't you outside the doll now for that? For cans, people walking around showing me pictures of little uh, placentas. <laughs> well, come on, no, there's something more important here. Cans, cans. I tell you, it's the same as when they brought in that ten. You might be too young to remember, but they 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 did bring in this ten p.m. rule that you couldn't get couldn't get cans, and there was four years. Four years of me out of breath outside an off-license at like 10 past 10 because I always forgot. And when you planned on having cans and there's no cans, what a bad time. <laughs> what a bad time. So I'm proposing that we all go stand outside the doll, right? Actually, do you know, we stand outside the doll with a boombox and they cannot silence our song, right? They may price our cans, but they cannot silence our message. This is for you, Faradkar. Yeah, you might be able to go to uh, London and allegedly, based on pictures, have a bit of gack and have a load of cans while we're all in a lockdown. But you will not break our spirit. This is for you, Michal. The higher you build your barriers, the higher you price our cans, the taller I become. The more gans we're going to smoke, inevitably. The farther you take my rights away, the more I have to pay for cans. The faster I will run. I've lost it. <laughs> it's going to get to the chorus, though. You, can you can't deny me. You can I will make vodka in my bath. I fucking swear. I will peel potato skins and make pochin. I will rob my school chemistry set. Something inside so strong. I know that I can make it. Oh, you're doing me. And aren't they doing us so wrong, people? They thought that our pride was gone. Oh, what a tune. No, I tell you, I I wish I was that optimistic. I'm just... (laughs) But, you know, I have been getting into the kind of lower percentage IPAs. Maybe they'll be reduced in price. (laughs) Um, survey says <laughs> no there won't be lowering any, but there will be no lowering of prices even though even though I heard on Radio 1 today and I was totally annoyed I was annoyed at everything uh, Terry called me an alt-writer this morning because I was so wound up by everything um, the, even though uh, it was recorded today that uh, the Irish government were able to get I'm not getting fucking political do you know what I was thinking recently and I'm, I don't mean to be a, no I'm just saying even though I'll just say this one part because I already started talking, but I don't I don't like talking like this, right? Even though last year was the highest recorded tax year in the history of Ireland, it was the highest, the most amount of tax was given 
to the government. And then they were like, oh, are they going to change the budget? No, no, no. There should be no changing of the budget. But listen, I'm not. I'm not. This is not a, pl- not a political show. But what you did hear there was a little uh, little audio tidbit there. I'm messing around with a new little format here. Uh, not even a new format long term, but I think I wouldn't mind incorporating more musical uh, episodes like I did with the Eurovision. But I haven't found a simplistic rig. Uh, oh, pardon. And I'm not talking about simple tits, okay? <laughs> I know, simplistic rig, I'm not talking about. I know. Um, I've been very, I'm very horny today, I think. I think. Or, um, do you know what I had? I had mackerel for salad. For salad. <laughs> I had a mackerel salad for lunch. And I tell you something about the fish oils, man. Makes me want to fucking kiss a fish, man. Oh, my God. Get that big no schnoz loser flounder in here. You know, be floundering all over my bed. Because it's not underwater. Listen, um, come here to me. What am I saying? I'm saying something. Yeah, I have a new rig. And I'm not talking about... I have a new rig here, um, plug it into like a little Zoom recorder, and I just have a headphone jack playing in from um, my laptop just to play tunes. Because normally I have to rig all this up and I have to edit after the fact. But I tell you what, I, as much as I can in 2022, want to be keeping it fucking raw because I have my tour and I don't have the time to edit in the way I used to. So I'll be keeping this one fairly raw. I alluded to something on the last podcast that I wanted to show, uh, present uh, my top five finds of 2021 in browsing Spotify, the tracks that I've liked that uh, I kind of had on repeat for the year. And these are kind of a bit of crate digging kind of thing. Some are like, um, some are like bootlegs and some are remixes and some are, some are just, and they're not, they're not contemporary tunes. I, I find that even tunes that came out last year, uh, I won't hear for till, you know, for three or four years. I'm never up to date with the new tunes unless my WhatsApp group is talking about them and I need to be trendy. But, um, but these are a couple of tunes. You got some Beatles in there. You got some. You got some soul. You got some um, Motown. Um, you got all sorts in there. So I thought I'd just play them. Uh, tell you what I like about them. Talk over them a little bit, and then maybe give you a bit of info on them. Why? Because I did a bit of googling and afterwards, and I'm like, what's the story with this song? So I thought I'd do that, and that'll be my kind of recap of the top five tracks that I found in 2021 and maybe we'll make this a recurring segment if you like it because i do spend a lot of time listening to music and chronicling music and making playlists and i thought look synergize why not incorporate that into this uh into this show as well so that's what i'm going to be doing so do you know what i might even do now actually while i have this rig set up i'm going to play the theme song i'm just going to go straight into it so here we go here we go hang on here we go no hang on that's the wrong one. I'm on the wrong foot. You're on the Patreon. Sorry. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. Talk, talk amongst yourselves there for a second. Here we go. On this bonus Cantwell shit show. Here we go. It's Tony Cantwell shit show. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Tristan Carroll, the official music man of the uh, the the ba 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 bonus Cantwell shit show. Hang on, is that playing anywhere else? Hang on, talking. Hang on, fucking no. 
No, it's not. I tell you, this is don't get any raw than this. Uh, blue steak, more like bloody blue bollocks, man. You don't get any raw than this. <laughs> I want to. I need to stop talking about. It. Oh, do you know what? Actually, that <laughs> that voice, that voice that I did up top, um, has been really prominent in my head recently because Killian Sunderman. Um, what do I have to do? Killian Sunderman, my friend, Killian Sunderman, uh, collaborator, fellow young hot guy. Hang on. I'm, I, I mentioned a name drop, so I have to do the little name drop corner. One second. Uh, be difficult to do on this mic. Hang on. I'm going to turn it up, turn the gain a little bit while I'm just recording this bit. All right. <clears throat> Is Louis Wall? Oh, fuck. Is it Louis Walsh or Bono either horn for? Let's find out on Tony's name drop corner. Here we go. You can't turn the game back down. Hang on. There we go. Um, yeah, it's here. So, um, yeah, so this is a guy called Jeremy Fragrance. Killian turned me on to him. And he is this German dude who, um, I think he's German. I'm not entirely sure, uh, who reviews uh, fragrances on YouTube. And um, he looks like, he, you know, he looks like kind of Patrick Bateman character. He's got a big starchy white shirt. He's got, you know, looks after himself body-wise. He's got a sheen of bronze. It seems to be glistening. Kind of long uh, long hair, kind of slick, black, slick back, big white teeth. You know, and a, and a relatively classically handsome Germany looking head. I think he's German. Anyway, um, this is him reviewing this fragrance called Perry Ellis 360 Red. And the shape of the bottle is kind of phallic. And him just looking at the bottle, it kind of sends him into a bit of a spiral. <laughs> and you just have to have to listen. Here we go. The last one I don't talk so much about is Perry Ellis 360 Red. I love it, man. It's the dildo of the fragrance industry. And yeah, it's not so funny actually. Still don't know how to talk about the topic of masturbating. <laughs> Difficult, man. I, I do it, but I don't come. And, you know, it's, it's just like a, if I can be that honest. He's staring but, into space. <laughs> it's simply to thought. boost my power type of vibe. All right, ultimately, of course, I want to have a girlfriend <laughs> and a wife turning that girlfriend into a wife and have great kids. So that's Perry Ellis 360 Red. <laughs> so that's Perry Ellis 360 Red. So that is my review of Perry Ellis 360 Red. I highly recommend um, you check out Jeremy Fragrance Perry Ellis 360 Red. Oh, brilliant. Um, so look, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with this formula of audio and, um, and not ever, ever, editing again although i will so uh, some of the tracks here um this first one i'm going to play is a demo it's a george harrison demo so look last year was kind of it was a big year big year for the beatles they finally broke through uh with uh with get back which i'll maybe talk about in a in a bigger uh pod because i i'm still to watch the last episode where they're playing their um playing their final gig I'm a, I'm a massive Beatles fan and George Harrison's always been my favourite Beatle and my son actually my son is called Harrison I don't talk about him on the on the main feed pod because I don't I don't say his name in case people say his name in some sort of fucking try and get at me but his name's Harrison and we nickname him Sonny and I named him after George Harrison so I'm a big George Harrison fan I've always loved George Harrison's uh, just George Harrison's style his attitude there's an amazing part of Get Back because George Harrison as well like when he starts talking sometimes you can see him winding up the group because 
they're just trying to get to the logic of the situation. He's like, well, you know, it is and it isn't. And, you know, everything that will be won't be. And, you know, he says <laughs> stuff like that. And they're like, all right, but just like, would you mind just playing the slide guitar for a while? Um, but he's also incredibly, like, logical and just short and just... Michael Lindsay Hogg is desperate to try and make this final gig, not the rooftop gig that it ends up becoming, but he is desperate to get people out in Syria, um, you know, in this kind of man-made um, amphitheater. And he's like, picture this, a thousand Arabs standing out with a torchlight and, you know, and he's like, but what about the audience? You know, we just want to have, we want to have, have Beatles fans out there. And then it, the conversation just goes on to a point where they're like, well, we could get an, a, a liner and we could just ship everyone out Um and he's like, we're not going to ship out <laughs> like three, you know, a month, a month long sea vessel full of hun- you know, hundreds of Beatles fans there and back. This is what, you, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Like he's even though he's an incredible artist and incredible thinker, he's um, incredibly uh, logical. And what I've realized in going through some of the old demos is he he's a from I he, he I don't know if this is a, a common thing, but I've certainly seen a lot of his. You see on the anthologies and the reissues. You know, you see, like, take 102 and take, you know, I think that's the most takes a Beatles um, recording ever did with um, Not Guilty. And there's loads that are multiple takes because you really wanted to get everything perfect. In the, the second episode of Get Back, George Harrison's, he's, he's, he's saying, you know, I you know, I, I love how we're kind of playing and we're playing everything in here and it, my fingers have really loosened up. And I, he, he really wanted to get everything to be, you know, perfect. So as a result, he did multiple takes. So you don't often get to hear a kind of raw demo version and they were re-released by his um by his by his his his, his widow um uh, after martin scorsese did the, the the documentary about him in 2010 so there's off his early takes volume one album um is a take of run of the mill um and it sounds like a finished song i mean run of the mill is then on all things must pass which had its 50th uh, anniversary well, it was actually 2020, so... But you see a lot of the tracks being re-released for the last two years. My Sweet Lord had a re-release after, you know, 50 years. Anyway, All Things Must Pass were produced by him and Phil Spector, and it was all the songs that didn't quite make the cut, and really should have. You look at some of the songs that were on Let It Be, um, and some of the songs that were on... I'm just not a big fan of Maxwell Silverhammer, which is on uh, Abbey Road. Anyway, the point I'm getting at here is that one of his tracks, which was a favorite of mine, Run of the Mill, I actually hadn't heard this early demo of it, and I'm going to play it for you now. This is the early demo, and I'll play you a bit of the, the what it ended up becoming then on All Things Must Pass, but I just love this. It's called Run of the Mill, this one. Take one. Which way you will turn By feeling that our love's not your concern Should I decide No one around you will carry the blame for you No one around you will love you today And throw it all away Tomorrow when you rise Another day for you Send me down again As the days stand up on end You've got me wondering how I lost your friendship But I see it in your eyes
So this is about some of the just kind of the discord within the Beatles and how they weren't able to communicate really towards the end. So that's that, and I just, I just think that's bloody brilliant. Let me t show you what it turns into. It's absolutely fucking spectrified when you hear them side by side. I mean, talk about wall of sound. Already got two guitars on top of each other. Although I love that brass. That's uh, that was remastered version from 2014, but I love that. I love, but it's also it's so him. You know, everyone has a choice whether to or not to raise their voice. It's you that decides, and it's like, how are we going to now communicate after we've um, we've fallen out? You know, um, yeah, it's great. I love it, and I hadn't heard that demo version. Um, I hadn't heard that demo version. So yeah, it was featured in uh, Martin Scorsese's. George Harrison living in the material world documentary, which is a great documentary. But it's to, even though that's a documentary, it's I don't know how Peter Jackson was able to turn just archival footage into something I think is far more captivating. And maybe it's because it's like you're just you're literally seeing magic happen, you know. Paul McCartney writing Get Back before your eyes and seeing it all come together. And the fact that you know where it's going, you know what I mean? Isn't something that's equally exciting and frustrating when you're like oh but he's all he's almost there and you're almost like how did he i love how just how humanizing it is but also magical like it's it's yeah i love it anyway enough <laughs> licking the hole of the beatles they don't need it anymore this is a tune that i really dig um oh no there we go um this is a tune called All I Do Is Think About You by Tammy Terrell. Tammy Terrell had a very, well, not very sad, but a, 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 a quite sad end to her life. She died at 24. Um, she was a frequent collaborator of Marvin Gaye. Um, you probably best know her from featuring in this song. You know this one? Listen, baby. That's Marvin Gaye. Twenty-one years old for this. I have to play the chorus. Just have to play the chorus. 
tune. Um, so that's what you probably best know her from. She was a frequent collaborator with Marvin Gaye. She had three albums with him, I think. And then she had one, she only had one solo album. And a lot of her songs remained in a vault, in the Motown vault, for years. And this is one of them. Uh, it's called All I Do Is Think About You. Now, this, weirdly, was written by Stevie Wonder, a very young Stevie Wonder. Sorry, I'll talk about Tammy Terrell for a second. She died at just age 24. That last song you heard, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, she's 21 singing with Marvin Gaye. The Motown paired them together. And she um, had this horrible, tumultuous relationship with David Ruffin, who I absolutely adored before I found this out recently. Uh, David Ruffin from The Temptations, who I, I would have thought has one of the best versions of Everlasting Love that I've ever heard, uh, which I'm not going to play because I'm not, I'm, not, you know, I'm not giving that to him now. He, um, he proposed to her when she was 20-odd, and uh, she said yes, and it was a big, massive... You know, it was on stage, you know, thousands of people screaming. And then she goes off the stage and she finds out he's already married and he has another girlfriend. And he was a drug addict. He was abusive. She died at age 24, um, very sadly, of a, of a brain tumor. She had eight operations that couldn't that couldn't resolve it. And um, and he also there was multiple cases of, of him. Uh, of domestic violence specifically like he I think he hit her in the head with a with a with a motorcycle helmet there was it was it was debunked I think but there was there was talks about whether he even hit her with a with a, with a hammer it's awful uh, abuse that she and actually when she died at 24 her family uh, refused anyone from Motown apart from Marvin Gaye who she thought it was his, her best friend uh, from being at the funeral um, anyway sorry uh, that's probably that's just you know She's very um, underrated solo artist, and a lot of her songs never really got to be heard. And this is one of my, one of my, fa- it's probably probably the favorite of the songs that I, I played on repeat um, last year, and um, and it's written by Stevie Wonder. Now this version was like 1967, I think, maybe not, no, sorry, 1966 is this version, and it just was locked away. And then Stevie Wonder brought it back out in 1980. But this is the original first recorded version, but it is written by Stevie Wonder. All I Do Is Think About You by Tammy Terrell. I just think it's got so much fucking attitude to it. And her voice is just... Anyway, listen. Present a playlist of this if you want to listen to them all these in in their full. I'll add that on the in the comments below. Um, but I'm just cutting that off there because there's other versions. This is Stevie Wonders from his Hotter Than July album. Um, now this is his song, but this is the first version of the song to be released. You made my 
I slept on Stevie Wonder for so many years. He deserves he deserves a revisit. I need to actually get stuck into Fucking pipes on the lad. Fucking hell. And I'm going to cut that one off, the Stevie Wonder, just because there's another version that I really like. Um, and this is the last. Just, I'm just fascinated when you hear there's other cover versions. And it's insane that the original version was 1966 and just never came out. And then Stevie Wonder just had it in the vault for like 24 years and then just released it in 1980. Um, anyway, but this is by Mesa, um, who is a gospel singer from America. Uh, Mesa Leak. And this is very... I'm just going to skip ahead to the chorus because it's so 90s. But I love the chorus in this one. Fashion show. Fashion show. Just think about you. Anyway, that's just yeah. Um, so that is all I do is think about you. The I love the the Tammy Terrell version. I just think every single version. There's something I I wish I was more articulate when it comes to talking about music, but it's um it it, it just has such an attitude in it, but it's it's desperate as well. <laughs> it's just but it's like uh, it's just so cool. Anyway, um, here's another tune that um it's a very popular tune. I mean, it's it's Don McLean. It's off his American Pie album. It's not American Pie because even though I love American Pie, the song sixty percent of it doesn't need to exist. He's making shit up at the end. The Joker and the Poker knew that everyone at the party looked like you, and there was a glue in the gun, banana man. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, ha- the first part was about. Buddy Holly, what? Like, why? Are, what are you doing? Why did the jester have a coat borrowed from James Dean at the end? You, you should have cut him off. So that is an example of uh, a song that just goes beyond uh, because he, he knows the chorus is so good. He's like, I'm just need to fucking make something up here in the verse before I get. I'm just gonna play a bit of a bit of some of his mad lyrics in in American Pie. Um, like he got um here here we are. Like, you know all the good bits, you know? I couldn't take one more. This isn't the song, by the way. I'm just playing an example of when his lyrics get really weird. Like, this is great. Great lyrics. Great lyrics. You have my attention. And do you believe in rock and roll? Brilliant. And that's all good. But then you get into this shit. All this shit. There's about four minutes now. Don't need this, Don. I pleaded with him to make it a four-minute song. I pleaded with him. What are you talking about, bro? You know, that sort of shit. The gesture on the sidelines on a cast. So that's... An example of a song that just goes on. He knows he's got a great chorus, right? He's just waiting. And you're kind of politely waiting for him to start singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie. But a perfect song, in my opinion, is Vincent, 
which I really fell in love with this year. His song that he wrote about Vincent Van Gogh, who I know nothing about Vincent Van Gogh apart from the obvious stuff that you know he, you know uh, he he was not appreciated in his time. That he painted, you know, all the fucking sunflowers and all that shit and Starry Night, which is the main topic of this song about, uh, called Vincent. Um, that he painted that while he was in, um, uh, you know, was, you know, a mental, asylum, I don't know what the term is now, a mental asylum, literally painting what he wanted to see through these bars, you know, and um, and this song just, this song, I just, I just think is absolutely, starry, starry you know this part, right? And you're like, oh, that's like a nice thing. Paint You've heard it in The Simpsons, blue and, gray. and it's like, oh, you know, that's. Look out on a summer's day. Like it's just like, oh, it's a nice song. With you know? You probably just the darkness in my soul. The eyes. Shadows on the hills. You just think it's a, di- a, de- a song about a nice day out, really. The trees and the but when he really gets into the, the, the chorus. Catch the breeze and the winter chills in colors on the snowy linen land. Now I understand. What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen, they did not know how Why is she crying? (laughs) Perhaps they'll listen now And I'll tell you part of the reason I I think this is one of the most beautiful songs ever been written Uh, And I... The pacing of this guitar and how it flows with his his melody and his voice, with the minors and major notes being so kind of synergistic with the the lyrics that he's saying. He he would you if you if this was your only language you would convince anyone of anything. And what he's trying to convince is just someone was so misunderstood and was so beautiful. You're feeling it. What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen, they did not know how Perhaps Perhaps they'll they'll listen listen now now. Then it gets to the end Or they could not say to me And how you suffered for your sanity how you tried to set them free that's like perhaps they'll they listen now listen, they're not listening still they're not listening still perhaps they never will. fuck off mate of course you know i can very much relate to um to uh van gogh who is not appreciated you know i mean i know you're here <laughs> paying equivalent to a price of a pint a month, which is more than Van, actually more than Van Gogh ever got. So who's to say who the more talented person is? But um, look, it, my cat fucker videos will <laughs> will stand the test of time. Oh God, my son! Like when my son finds those videos. All right, this next one, and um, this is Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, "The Love I Lost," featuring Teddy uh, Pendergrass. This was when he was his brief stint while he was in. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, um, and Teddy Pendergrass is, I know, I know, I know, I call Marvin Gaye the actual embodiment of sex, um, 
but I, I just think he's more the embodiment of just sheer class. Uh, Teddy Pendergrass is likely the embodiment of sex. He may be the hot, one of the hottest dudes ever. He's got that fucking, he's got a big Idris Elba smile and he's got a stunning beard and he, he writes songs like this. I'm not going to play, I'm going to play the one, you know, this isn't the one that I found, uh, found last year, um, but listen to this one. This is Turn Off the Lights by Teddy Pendergrass. If you're a fan of uh, The Midnight Hour, uh, my old podcast, Slow Jam Podcast, you'll be familiar with this. I've played it a few times. Um, I'm just going to play the first verse because you're like, it's so on the nose. Turn off the lights. I watched a video of him singing this live. And the jaws of the women in the crowd are on the fucking floor while he's singing this, rowing himself. Tonight I'm in a romantic mood. Tonight I'm in a romantic mood. Here we go. Let's take a shower. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Shower together. I wash your body and you wash mine. That seems reasonable. This is a bit excessive. Rub me down with hot oils. And Just turn off that guitar, that little lick. Just waiting to hear the court, that little guitar lick after he says, turn off the lights. Anyway, so that's I was familiar with that. I was familiar with, and I didn't know Teddy Prendergrass's full story. That he, in nineteen eighty, unfortunately, and he still made music uh, until um, his his death. I think, which was even in two thousand and ten. Um, but in in nineteen eighty, he was had a car accident and um, he became um, quadriplegic. He he couldn't he couldn't move his body below his chest. Um, so he could still sing and he could still make music and he did and it was you know he was still nominated for Grammys up until the year 2000 um, but he was briefly in Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes where he kind of rose to fame and was the lead singer on some of their best um, their biggest hits like um, Don't Leave Me This Way um, I think If You Don't Know Me By Now If You um, if you Don't Know Me By Now you know that's Simply Red covered um, and this tune, which is The Love I Lost, which I just, again, had kind of heard before, but I don't know if I ever really listened to it. Um, and it's not much to listen to, but it just, it's a disco tune, and it's such a, you know, considering what a lot of the other disco music was making, I'm not talking about ABBA here, it's just, again, far better than it needs to be, you know? I'm just going to move ahead a little bit. Just the way the beat just kicks in. You don't expect the pace to have that it that it, that it does. But it just always feels like it's ramping up. Ramping up the excitement. And then it comes in the club. Do his voice. Building my whole world around you. 
This could have been a ballad. I'm just going to skip ahead to the end because it really ramps up. Um, Riffing with his voice. does ramp up there and again I highly recommend you listen to it but there was also this um, remix um, from Dimitri from Paris which which just breaks down every single bit all the bits that you wish kind of went on longer this does it this is a 12 minute version of what was already a six and a half minute song and he doesn't do too much to it he's just trying to highlight all the bits the organ in isolation the vocal in isolation and then getting into the And just the bass in isolation and then adding some I'm just picking up the pace a little bit anyway it's a great remix I highly recommend it sorry I'm not playing it I'm not really doing it just as they're playing little, uh, little parts of it but I really um, I really dug it and I didn't really know much about Teddy uh, Pendergrass and I didn't realise I kind of you know sometimes you just you might be familiar with someone you see them in the 70s and you just don't see any kind of output and you're like oh they, they must have been one of those sad stories where they died. I had no idea that he he, he had that injury, you know, and um, and continued, uh, you know, to, to 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 make some incredible music, which he did. Um, so that's that. Anyway, um, this last one I'm just going to play out because I don't really know much about um about this dude. This guy, he's a Dutch composer. He is his his work goes under the name Felbum, F E L B M, um, and um, his real name is uh, Ilko Topper. And he's Dutch, and he um, he made just these unreal um, this unreal whole record. Well, he calls them tape one, tape two, tape three, tape four. But this is a tune called Philatelli. And when I was looking for some lo-fi chill beats based on my brother's recommendation, that helped kind of um, you know chill out in work and great to work to, great to walk to. I also found just in general, I'm sure a lot of people have had anxious moments, and I have a tendency sometimes to fill uh, to I get an itch. That only I feel like scrolling or a podcast or something will will scratch, and I and I don't always want to give in to that. Do you know what I mean? And weirdly, podcasts as well. I know I'm speaking to you here on a podcast, but I, you know I know I like to listen to podcasts because I like to have just a voice and just kind of zone out a little bit. Um, but sometimes I kind of want when I want to actually overcome my my kind of kind of tight kind of itchy kind of feeling. Um, this was a tune that would help me just kind of be like. 
would change my mood. It would just kind of change my setting, would reset me, you know, and reset my mood. And maybe it might help you for your January blues if you're not pulling the bloody plum off yourself, no, if, you, if you do have them. Um, so I'm just going to play this and you can listen to it. And as, as long, along with this podcast, the, the, um, all the versions of everything you've heard will be in my top five finds of 2021 playlist underneath. But this is Philatelli by Felbum from um, his record Tape 3. And uh, enjoy. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus 